to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Good morning, One Church family. Happy Sunday to you all. I hope you are having an incredible day today. Uh, I know most of us are joined in house church, gathered together, and what an awesome uh, opportunity it, it is to get together. I hope that you have been enjoying some food, enjoying some fellowship uh, this morning. And I just want to say thank you all so much for tuning in, for joining us, whether you're in house church or maybe you're traveling or, or uh, unable to be in house church this morning. I just want to say thank you uh, for taking the time, uh, for making the intention, the effort to join us this morning. And uh, I I know that we are in a season uh, that is a, a temporary season moving into the incredible things that God has for us. But thank you for making the effort to be with us today. It's an honor to get to speak to you. And uh, if you have your Bible today, you can grab it with me and turn to the book of Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And um, I, I know we'll put the the scripture on the screen for you, but it's always good to just make sure that what I'm saying is actually in the Bible. Uh, but I want to kind of springboard out of uh, the message that I spoke to you last week on living by faith. And if you remember, that was kind of another springboard out of our Possessing the Land series. Last Sunday, we looked at the story of Abram and kind of as a prequel to uh, the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is about God's uh, promise to the children of Israel to possess a land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of blessing, a land of goodness. And um, of course, that's really a picture of what God has for every single one of us. But we looked at how it started. Uh, how did that promise start? And that was in the life of Abram. And we looked last Sunday at Genesis chapter 12 and God's blessing God's promise to Abraham. Uh, Abram, he said, I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And, you know, the Apostle Paul said that that is the gospel. It's a little gospel um, nugget. It reveals to us the purpose of God through Jesus. And so I want to look at that a little bit more today. And I want to ask the question, how was Abram, one man, an old man, uh, how could he be a blessing to the whole world? And the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter uh, 22, verse 18, God said to Abram, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And so what I want you to see is uh, the way that Abram was a blessing to the whole world was not through himself individually. I've never met Abram. You've never met Abram or Abraham, but we've all been blessed through him, through his seed. And what I want to share with you is that ultimately that reveals to us uh, an aspect of living by faith. And it is what I would call, it's the principle of multiplication, the principle of multiplication. And this is the principle of multiplication, that life is in the seed. Life is in the seed. In other words, everything that God wants to do for you, in you, and through you begins in seed form. Life is in the seed. Now, that's a 
principle in the kingdom of God. It's a, it's a way that God works. Uh, your life began with a seed. Uh, the food that you eat starts with a seed. Uh, your spiritual life starts with a seed, the word of God. Um, life is in the seed. Now, of course, all of life originates from God. He is the creator. He is the um, originator of everything. But God has put life his creative potential into a seed. And so he said to Abram, through your seed, uh, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And I, I want us to understand that. I want you to understand that. As a church, I want us to understand that because uh, if we are going to have the impact, if we are going to influence the world, if we're going to make our lives count and we are going to accomplish the purpose that God has for our lives, we have to recognize that that life is in the seed. The future is in the seed. And I want to talk to you today about a law, a spiritual law, and it is out of Galatians chapter 6. Finally, I'm getting to Galatians chapter 6. And here's what it says, the Apostle Paul, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. He says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Notice he's talking about the seed. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are, who are of the household of faith. The, the law that I want to talk to you about today is the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping. Just as it, the principle of multiplication is that the life of God is contained within the seed, if we want to experience the blessing of God, the goodness of God, the life that God has promised for us, we've got to recognize that there is a law that governs life in the kingdom of God. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Now, what I mean by law is not that it's some you know, government law that if you don't follow this law, um, you know, the police will come and take you away. It's not that kind of law. It's a law that has been instituted by God into all of his creation, the law of sowing and reaping. And, and here's the way Paul says it, okay? This is, this is the law of sowing and reaping. If you're taking notes, just write this down. If not, make a mental note, okay? Here's the law of sowing and reaping in the words of Paul. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Or for those uh, of you who are not a man, you're a woman. <laughs> uh, whatever a woman sows, that shall he, she also reap. That is the law of sowing and reaping. And it is... Um, it means that the life of God that God has put within the seed is released through sowing and reaping. Now, we understand that um, naturally. Uh, we understand that agriculturally, that there is potential in a seed. There in a tomato seed. It's not just a tomato seed, but there's a tomato. There's a whole harvest of tomatoes. But in order for that to be harvested, it must be sown. 
And that is true in all of life. The law of sowing and reaping governs all of life, just like the law of gravity. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. It doesn't matter whether you uh, are a, a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a Methodist or a Catholic or not a Christian. The law of gravity affects everybody. You can ignore it, but you ignore it to your own peril. Or you can cooperate with it to your own benefit. And the same is true of the law of sowing and reaping, that whatever you sow, that will you also reap. Now, the Apostle Paul uh, uses that to speak about finances, but it's not just true about finances. It's true with all of life. The law of sowing and reaping governs all of life. It, it governs our health. Uh, if you want good health, you've got to sow good seed to your health. It governs relationships. If you want healthy relationships, you've got to sow into relationships. It, it governs our families. It governs a church. Uh, if you want a healthy, thriving, flourishing church, we've got to sow into uh, the church. It, it's true of our own spirit, our spiritual life. And Paul says here that if you, if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap everlasting life. So this is true, uh, and it's a true principle for all of life. What you sow determines what you reap. And if we want to experience the blessing of God, the, the promises of God, the promised land that God has for us, we've got to recognize and, and cooperate with the law of sowing and reaping. So I want to give you just a few uh, thoughts, a few aspects of the law of sowing and reaping in hopes uh, that this will become something that will bring greater revelation into your life and a greater release of the blessing of God so that you can experience the, the goodness of God in a greater way. So uh, I've got seven aspects that I want to share with you today, seven aspects of sowing and reaping. Um, number one, I want you to understand this, that sowing and reaping is universal. Sowing and reaping is universal. The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer. Now, I know uh, here in Florida, uh, that word winter may be a strange, uh, strange word, cold. We may not be familiar with that. Um, but the fact is that what God is saying here is he's instituting the, the, the rhythms of life that there are rhythms in life. He says, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease, seed time and harvest. Now, I think we would all agree that the earth still remains. There are seasons, uh, although we don't have extreme winter here, there are seasons, day and night still exist. And everybody experiences day and night. The sun rises on everybody. They may deny it. They may not believe in it but the sun rises on everybody. It's universal. And God is saying here that this principle of seed time and harvest or sowing and reaping is universal to everybody. It's true for those that know the Lord and it's true for those who don't know the Lord. That's why the apostle Paul is saying that there are some that sow to the flesh. But we as followers of Jesus, we are sowing to the spirit. We're sowing to things that are, are eternal. But it's universal. The principle of sowing and reaping or the law of sowing and reaping is universal to everyone. It's what theologians call common grace. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. 
The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Um, someone that denies God, maybe that even curses God, can still plant a seed and receive a harvest because it's a universal law. It's, it's the common grace of God upon everybody. And here's the good news for you and I is that we can reap a harvest. We can reap a harvest. It's universal for everybody. Or, or we could say it this way, that, that our future is determined by our seed. Our future is determined by our seed. It's a universal principle. That's why in the north of Norway, there is the global seed vault. That is a place that all the nations of the earth um, send their seeds, and it looks like a nuclear fallout shelter because they are securing their seed in case there was ever some you know, global catastrophe, the, the end of humanity, some may fear, uh, that they would still have their seed because they understand it's a universal principle. Uh, your seed is your future. No seed, no future. If we lose our seed, we lose our future. So it's a universal principle. It affects everybody and everyone is sowing something. You are sowing something. You, your time is being sown. Your treasure is being sown. Your energy is being sown into something. This is a universal principle. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. So number one, it's universal. The second thing I want you to see is not only is it universal, it's identical. Now, what do I mean by it's identical? What I mean is the seed you sow is identical in kind to the harvest you receive. Um, Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 actually gives us the beginning or the institution of the law of sowing and reaping. Listen to what the Bible says. Genesis 1:11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth its grass. Let the herb or herb in England, they say herb, I think, uh, that yields seed. And I get confused myself because I lived in England. Let the her herb, herb <laughs> that yields seed and the fruit that yield and the fruit that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. Okay, so God says the fruit produces a fruit seed to produce more fruit. The herb produces an herb seed that produces more herbs or herbs. I forget how we say it in America. The grass <laughs> produces a grass seed that produces more grass. A gra grass doesn't produce a seed to produce an oak tree. It produces according to its kind. According to its kind. Every seed produces according to its kind. That means that the kind of seed you sow determines the type of harvest that you receive. Uh, in other words, if you want a flourishing relational life, you've got to sow into relationships. Or as the Bible says, he who wants friends must show himself friendly. God loves you. God uh, is good to you. But if you're not friendly, you won't have friends. It's just the principle. It's the law of sowing and reaping. God loves you. God's for you. Uh, but if you don't sow good seed into your health, you won't have a healthy body. Uh, God loves you. God is for you. But if you sow negative thoughts into your mind all the time, it will produce a, 
uh, a languishing, lacking, unhealthy um, emotional life uh, out of those thoughts. Because the seed you sow is identical in kind to the harvest that you receive, which begs the question, what kind of harvest are you wanting to receive? What kind of harvest? What are you looking for in your life? And if you want a good harvest, you've got to sow good seed. So number one, uh, sowing and reaping is identical. Number two, it's, I'm sorry, number one, it's universal. Number two, it's identical. And number three, it's intentional. It's intentional. Or, Or let me say it this way. There is a difference between throwing and sowing. Now, I have to admit to you, I have thrown an apple core out the window of my car, driving down the road. It's biodegradable. Uh, Try to hit the grass. Uh, I'm eating an apple and I get down to the core and I have thrown that apple core out the window. Now there is a seed in that apple core or seeds and that has the potential to grow an apple tree and produce a whole lot more apples. But I I have to admit to to you, I have never harvested a bushel of apples out of a apple core thrown out the window because there's a difference between throwing and sowing and it is the intention. You see, a farmer has an intention when he sows a seed and that is that he's going to reap a harvest. The Bible says it this way. Paul says it in the passage we read. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap an everlasting life. So what you sow to determines what you reap from. Not just what kind of seed, but where you're sowing it and the expectation that you have in sowing it. There should be an expectation. A a farmer puts seed into the ground expecting a harvest of that seed. If he is planting Um, tomatoes, he's expecting a harvest of that. And and I want to encourage you to be intentional, to recognize that everything that God has given to you is not only a blessing for you, but an opportunity for you to increase, to be a greater blessing to other people. But it requires intentionality. It requires a recognition that, that there is potential in the seed you have to produce a greater harvest. So, so how about in your life? Are you intentional with your time? Or are you intentional with your, with your resources, with the money that God has given to you? Not just to consume it all, but to, to be intentional to sow into a greater harvest. How about your talents, the gifts that God has given to you? Are you intentional in using those gifts to serve other people so that there would be a greater harvest out of the gifts that God has given to you? And are you expecting a return on your investment? Are you expecting to receive back that you are sowing with the expectation? And as we do that, we become what the Apostle Paul calls a cheerful giver or a cheerful sower. You know, I've said it this way before, that everybody loves to reap, everybody loves to harvest, but, but in order for there to be a harvest, there's got to be a, a seed sown. Uh, I love blueberry picking, 
but I've, I've never sown a blueberry seed. Somebody's got to sow a blueberry seed in order for there to be a blueberry harvest. So what are you sowing into? So as we close today, I just want to give you some questions. Uh, and I, I told you I have seven points. And actually, this is going to be a two-part uh, message or a two-part mini-series on sowing and reaping. So I'll continue next Sunday and we'll be back in house church, okay? So you have to come back. But let me give you some application questions today. Here's the first question is this. I want to encourage you to take a seed inventory of your life or, or as a question, what seed do you have? What seed do you have? Take a seed inventory. A farmer knows that his seed is his greatest resource. So what seed inventory, uh, what seed do you have? What, what time do you have? What would happen if you began to view your time uh, as a seed that is sown? So what time do you have? What treasure do you have? What talents do you have? Take a seed inventory. What seed do you have, number one? Number two, are there areas of your life that are unfruitful? Is there areas of your life that are unfruitful? Perhaps your thinking, uh, perhaps your emotions, perhaps relationally perhaps financially, perhaps uh, spiritually, you're languishing, you're not thriving, you're not flourishing. What areas of your life? And if you are not flourishing, what seed do you need to sow? So number one, what seed do you have? Number two, what areas of your life are unfruitful? Number three, what is your field? What is your field? Or I could say it this way, where is the place that you are intentionally sowing in order to receive a harvest in your life? Where is the place that God has called you? What's your garden of Eden, your little plot of land, promised land that God has put you to sow into? Who are the relationships that God's called you to sow into? Uh, your family, your church, your friendships. Um, what, what, what are the things that God has called you to sow your time into? What is your field? And then the last question I want to ask you today is, how does the law of sowing and reaping affect your responsibility for the future? You know, a lot of people often view themselves as victims. And the truth is that we could all view ourselves as victims. I mean, we could all get mad at Adam and Eve and think, man, we've really been victimized by Adam and Eve because of sin. You know, what they did to us, my life is a mess. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has broken the curse off of our lives. He is the seed of God, the, the life of God sown to give new life to every single one of us. So the curse is broken, but now we become responsible. We can respond to the grace of God. That's why when Paul talks about sowing and reaping, he often uses the word grace. You know the grace of God. And so we as believers, we become responsible. So how does sowing and reaping affect your responsibility? And I, I encourage you to take time to talk about this in your house church, to think about it. And I hope that this is helpful to you today. Well, thank you so much for watching today. I'd love to pray for you as we prepare to close today. Father, I thank you for every person. God, I thank you, Lord, that you have sown your seed in our lives. You have sown Jesus. 
Father, we thank you that through Jesus, we have been given new life. We've been given a hope. We've been given a future. Father, thank you, Lord, that, that our lives count and they can count for eternity. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us a revelation, Father, of your plan and of your purpose. God, I pray that we would begin to see everything that we have, Lord, a seed that we can sow, Lord, that we've been blessed in order to be a blessing. And Lord, we say, would you use our lives to be a blessing to the world around us? Would you use our lives to be a blessing to our family, to our friends, Father, to our neighbors, to our community? And Father, we thank you, Lord, that through us and through Jesus in us, you are changing the world. So I pray your blessing upon your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to continue this message next Sunday in House Church. I hope you'll join us. And then September 11th, Sunday evening, September 11th at 6 p.m. I hope you'll join us for our first evening one-night gathering at the Orlando Ballet Center. We can't wait to see you then. God bless you.